Hey, it's Alan here. And Bree. And, and we, we are, are the, the hunter, hunter and, and the, the hippie. hippie. Connected through yoga and bonded by our love of the wild places and the love for outdoors, we've come together to share our conversations about life. Well, maybe more so what we've learned or are continuing to learn about life. And there's no one way to do it. Life, that is. And hopefully provide you with some teeny tiny bits of inspiration to connect deeper with yourself, others, and our great Mother Earth. All right, all right, enough already about the podcast. Let's just get to the podcast. Here we are. <laughs> no beard. Did you, say, did you say no beard? No beard. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's like so fitting for our topic today, right? Like my, <laughs> gender, was... my, my, my gender role, my gender identity is like missing now that I shaved my entire beard off. I know. Me too. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to, there's a lot to talk about today could be a little heavy of a topic, but mm. you're going to get us started with the right way. All right, let's get started. Find your comfortable seat, soft gaze or close your eyes, and bring your awareness fully into your natural breath. And begin to slow down your inhales and exhales. You might find this lengthening breath just through your nose. Or maybe you breathe in through your nose and slowly out through your mouth. Begin to notice how it feels from your natural breath. into this slow, lengthened inhale and exhale. And as you continue to slow down your breath, notice how this feels throughout your body. Notice if there's any changing sensations. A slowing down of your heartbeat. A general ease that begins to melt down from the crown of your head. Or maybe nothing changes at all and just feeling it. Just being with whatever shows up right now. And knowing that whatever shows up is welcome. It's okay.
we'll take three deep inhales through our nose and big open mouth exhales just to release anything we're holding on to. So deep inhale, fill all the way up. And big open mouth exhale, let it go. And again, taking in and giving back. And full expansion. And complete release. And when you feel ready, slowly fluttering your eyes open if they aren't already. And coming into our podcast. Thank you for setting the mood and setting the tone. Selfishly for myself. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're both going to need it. So, um, this week you texted me, and you sent me a text, and, sorry, I'm grabbing my notebook. Um, you know what, I want to read the text, if that's okay. Is that okay if I read the text? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that really started this conversation about you being out of the loop. Oh, yeah. Mm. Is that okay if I share that? Are we going to go right into it? I don't know. Okay. Let's do um, it. <laughs> So, well, so, I mean, we don't have to go right into it. Yeah. I just, I want to share, I guess, what led us to now, what led us to talk about gender roles, gender identity. Mm. You know, I think we were going to, I think we were going to talk about it anyway at some point. Yeah. If, if everyone was listening in our first podcast, we talked about our superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, or I should say, Brie really talked about our superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I think at some point we were going to get to it. I think just some current events brought, um, brought this topic front of mind. Yeah. I think also to stem off of what you're mentioning is we Mm -hmm. had some feedback asking to expand on that part of the conversation from our first episode and just, uh, this role, uh, gender role identity, you know, and just how my own personal experience with it and how that looked and what doors opened and closed in what society was pushing. And so, um, that was the initial, like, let's, let's bring this to a conversation. And Alan, I know you had also offline had mentioned, um, you know, having some feelings about it. And then I'll let you go from here in terms of, uh, this week, which we're recording, boy, two weeks before release. So, mm-hmm. um, that's a good thing to know and yeah, go for it. Um, go for what? <laughs> Are you going to read the Share the message. Share the message. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so again, right. Like everything that we've said, right. has just led up to today and, um, both Bree and I are not really followers of the news. I would say that you are probably a little more uh, disconnected. Not that that's a bad thing, right? Just a little more disconnected than than I am. Um, but you sent me a text and you said, um, so I'm quoting this. Um, so, quote, I'm kind of not up to date person on the news. And I just found out about the executive order around transgender competing in women's sports. This makes me sad for biological women in sports. 
end quote. Um, and and I agreed. Um, in, in short, right, again, Greg, this is just our, our brief short chat in, in text message, um, and we'll dive deeper into this, but my, my response is, quote, uh, it's, it is, it's so sad because we are anatomically different as well as hormonally different. Um, and it continued on with, I have no issue if you're transgender, um, but to rob women of their athleticism is super sad, mm-hmm. end quote. So, um, and again, we, we don't have to dive right into that topic, right? I think there's many topics that we're going to cover here um, as far as gender roles and gender identity goes and, and superpowers. But um, I'll let you steer really to start off. And, you know, if we want to dive right into that, that's cool by me. Yeah, I think we might as well dive into mm-hmm. it. Uh, I... And so, it's, it's very interesting because this week is also... Uh, women's and girls and women's in sports day. Right. And that was uh, Wednesday, right? Wednesday. And Wednesday, February 3rd. February 3rd is women's in sports day. Yes. So, yep. which is awesome. I, sp- athletics has been such a huge part of my life and has molded me into the person that I am today. And it also, was something that played, I I struggled with kind of gender roles, even within sports, because I was, had this mentality of like, I should be like, as just as good as a, as a male, you know, as a female. Mm -hmm. And the reality is we're just, like you said, anatomically different. We build muscle mass differently. I mean, that's even ethnicity-wise, people build muscle mass differently. And that's why you do see certain ethnicities stronger in some sports than other sports. And it's not to make it a race thing. It's just the reality of genetics. And there are exceptions. Anything I think is important to talk, like preface today, is that there's always exceptions to any of these broad, quote-unquote, like rules or generalizations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're so right. Like that's the first thing people go after are those exceptions. Um, and you know, they, they weren't right. Like in no means are we arguing, right. It's just people want to come at you with, Oh, there's, you know, we have exceptions to talk about, um, uh, for sure. But those, those exceptions, that's exactly what they are. They're, they're people that stand out, um, in an area where they they typically don't, where if you look at the, the average group of that population, um, women being a perfect example, right? That's why there's women's sports separated from men's sports. It's also why a lot of a lot of sports, even in the male and female, there's weight classes too, right? depending on the sport. Um, a lot of like fighting sports, there's weight classes. Um, because the, those things have a lot to do with it. So mm-hmm. I agree that these are the exceptions. We, we're, we're talking more in the generalizations, more in the average population. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, um, transgender is an exception as well, right? It's mm-hmm. a minority. Mm-hmm. It's a small percentage of females or males. Right. Yep. And uh, I, again, want to say, like, I 
however you identify is up to you. That is mm -hmm. your choice. I'm not taking away your rights for that, your choices. I, I don't believe in discriminating based on someone's sexual identity choice. However, my personal feelings around this is that needs to be its own category. We fought to make women's sports a category. So in 2000, was I played water polo. I swam growing up. I played water polo in high school and college, and I played water polo overseas in the Netherlands. And I was in high school 98 to 2002, and the first year women's water polo was an Olympic sport was in 2000. That's very recent, and there's a lot of years fighting to make that a women's sport, and it wasn't much bef longer before that or previously before that, that it became a college sport. So what happened was women were playing on men's teams. Very few are going to make it in, onto the college level when you're on mm -hmm. a team with other men. People mm -hmm. are going to take the best players. And there were exceptions. However, that's not the general rule. So by fighting to make women's water polo a sport in college, we created opportunities for women to go to college who wouldn't necessarily go to college and maybe even get a scholarship to go to college. And now if anatomically a biological male who has had testosterone in their body for X number of years mm -hmm. and has their, they have developed to a certain age that way, yep. they are going to be better than a female yes. in that sport, which means, yep. A college team is going to want to recruit the best players, which now means we're robbing females of their spots on those teams. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that transgender males, so females who are identifying as a male and maybe going through the process of a sex change and hormonally, mm -hmm. they're allowed to compete immediately. Yeah. Okay. But if you're a transgender female, you're turning from you're you're transitioning into a female from being a male, you have to wait a certain number of months or like it's like a year from when you identify and start taking female hormones. So why is that? Because there's a difference. Like that is bottom line. If you're making different rules for a transgender male than a transgender female, there's always obviously an advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to that point, right? Like the, the hormones are, are huge in that, right? So you, you brought up testosterone. If you think about, if you think about PEDS, right? In sports, right? PEDS is performance enhancing drugs. Um, testosterone is like the number one, right? there, there's many others, right? But testosterone is the number one thing that is performance enhancing. It, it increases your muscle mass. It increases, right, your, your um, uh, I'm not finding the right word. I wanna say rage, but it's not rage, like your your, your aggression levels, right? It, it makes you a, a, a tougher opponent in general, right? Um, estrogen is not, right? You don't hear about bodybuilders, uh, you know, injecting estrogen. You don't hear about Lance Armstrong injecting estrogen to, right, to, to be a performance-enhancing drug, right? So um, I, I wholeheartedly agree in that sense that right, someone who is transitioning from male to female, 
they they've had testosterone in their body for how long? Um, for you know, and, and depending, I think you, you hit on you hit on so many points already. Um, but like, you you look at a cultural background. You look at um, someone who is from uh, Eastern Europe or Russia or Iceland, and you you look at the size and stature of those athletes. Right again, generalization. There are exceptions. Okay, but when you think of those, those, those Viking, right, quote, I'm quoting, right, like people, everyone's watching YouTube, right, like you, when, you, when you think of that Viking blood, um, uh, you know, Joe Rogan says he's, he's part Neanderthal, right, that Neanderthal blood, right, they're, they are big people, mm. right, I am not that, right, like mm-hmm. I, I, am, I am the opposite of that, I, but that's not my culture. Mm-hmm. Right, so you think of these people that you know. If you watch Game of Thrones, Half Thor Bjornsson, right? He's from Iceland. He's, they call him the Mountain. He's literally a mountain, um, and and that is all built off of testosterone, right? It's not it's not estrogen. So that's um, you know I think that's something that's really important in like you you let so you let a male transition to a female and then and, and at what level right now you know the the executive order that was signed by, by our president, President uh, Biden, is, uh, it's really interesting, right? Because you said discrimination, right? Like, you don't want to discriminate. Discrimination is a really finicky word, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't want to be accused of discrimination. Yeah. But it's something that we all do. Mm-hmm. And and then, like, there's all this stuff going on right now, and I'm not going to get into this, but there's, like, oh, unconscious bias and this, that, and the other. But discrimination at some level is is beneficial. And I'm not saying, right, like everyone's going to take this out of context. They're going to play these audio clips, right? And, you know, they're going to say, Alan's up for discrimination. That's not what I'm saying, right? I, I'm not for discrimination. But discrimination is inherent in, in just human beings, right? We are going to, it's, it's part of our fight or flight mechanism is to, is to make split second uh, assessments of situations of of people of things in order to keep ourselves alive right and and it, it goes back to right i talk about uh, uh saber-toothed tigers in my yoga class right when you look and you're face to face with a saber-toothed tiger you're not going to think oh look at the kitty i want to pet it mm-hmm. right teeth growling no like there's something that you have to make you have to make assessments judgments based on what is standing in front of you and say, okay, I need to, you know, in the case of a saber-toothed tiger, I need to be afraid. Um, and so in this executive order, it doesn't specifically say transgender can play in sports. What it says is sports are not allowed to discriminate against sexual orientation. Gender or identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Say that again. It's gender identification. Gender, gender identification. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, Right, so it's it, it, they, they, it's worded in a way that if you're against it, you look bad, right? Like, oh, I, I don't agree with this executive order because, well, I'm for discrimination. No, that's not what we're saying, mm-hmm. right? What we're saying is is that there is a difference, and and we have to acknowledge that difference, and and it's okay, right? Men and women are different, and that's okay, and I think we're gonna get deeper into that. Um, like we have to just start like 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 start saying yes we're different and that's cool like we are supposed to be different people 
you know, we're going to talk about superpowers. Um, imagine if we all had the same fucking superpower. Mm. That'd be stupid, right? Like, we'd just all be sitting around, like, just flying in circles if we all could fly, right? Like, mm. it wouldn't be a superpower, right? A superpower is what makes you different. And I think what's important is by acknowledging the differences, we're actually doing better for people. And, and this is one thing I didn't think I'd dive into right now, but (laughs) we're going for it (laughs) is we can't serve a transgender female best if we're treating them as a biological female. And we can't serve a biological female best if we're treating them as a transgender female. And this is why. I bleed out seven days out of the month, okay? <laughs> yep. A biological female has to go through the potential of a rape and choosing if they're going to take the morning after pill or if they didn't know, have an abortion. That is an experience, I'm sorry, but a transgender female will never experience, okay? You have to miscarriage. Like, all of these things that a female biologically experiences, and if we treat everyone the same, we can't. And then I, as a biological female, will never know what it's like to go through the process of changing my hormones and to be able to, and have to tell the world that I identify with a sex that I wasn't born as. Mm -hmm. Like those are all also like real experiences and I, we can't serve them and we can't support them and we can't glorify or, or, or whatever it might be or fight Mm -hmm. for them. If we're trying to make everybody the same. Yeah. I agree. So you said one thing, and I, I, I want to call you on it just to keep us all honest, right? Like you, you, you said, and, and I, I don't just want anyone to call us out on it, right? You said, uh, you said rape, and I knew you were going to like, like mm-hmm. pregnancy and that type of stuff. Like, so transgender women can't experience rape. Everyone can period. experience rape. Yes, everyone can experience rape. And where you were going was just to the pregnancy portion, the, the plan B, the, the morning after pill. So I just want to make that clear that, yes, anyone can experience rape. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that only women experience rape. Correct. Or biological women yeah. experience rape. Yeah. But the aftermath of it is different. 100%. On a physiolo- and that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying, on a physiological yes. level, yep. okay? Traumatically, yep. mentally, every mm-hmm. single one of those, for anyone, it's going to be a different experience. But Absolutely. I, what I'm trying to bring back to is, again, these physiological mm-hmm. differences that do exist. And I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for saying this. Mm-hmm. Why is it that it's just, it's just a food for thought. Elizabeth Warren tries to claim that she was part native American. Okay. And she gets bashed, right? She gets, mm-hmm. she apologizes for this, that Ilaria Baldwin recently, everyone found out she's not from Spain. Mm-hmm. Why aren't people allowed to associate, identify with different cultures or races or beliefs? But, and so it's like, we're okay with this, but we're not okay with yeah. that. We need to really dig deep into some of these double standards that are getting thrown around and not yeah. also then not be so critical of people who maybe say like, I don't think that um, 
transgender females should be competing against biological females. You know, like mm -hmm. that is no difference than saying Ilaria Baldwin. I mean, again, I'm going to get, and I feel it already. <laughs> oh boy. I, I totally agree. I, I actually agree. I, I had this discussion with my wife um, the other day. I, I can't, unfortunately I can't go into detail about what, what the discussion is about. I'm trying to think of a way to say it. Um, you have to come back to me, but I, I agree. I think that you, you make a valid point, right? Um, and and I'll, I'll use this. So for example, I'm Italian and my wife isn't, but to me, my wife's Italian now, hmm. right? Like she's, she's experienced the culture she's experienced growing up or not, not growing up, but she's experienced 14 years of knowing, understanding what one living with a, an Italian male is like and then experiencing living or, you know, uh, being around his Italian family that is loud and curses and, um, you know, there's, there's gender roles in, in that. Um, so I think that absolutely, like, we should be able to say, like, um, yes, it was Stephen Baldwin's wife, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Alec, she Alec maybe... Alec Baldwin's wife. So yeah, maybe, right? She, maybe she's not from Spain, but maybe that's what she identifies with as, you know, her culture. And who's to tell her or us that that's wrong? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't give her an advantage in a sport against other people. And that's the difference. And if you want, if, if you um, were born into the wrong gender, that's that's awful that you have to go through that and experience that through however long that takes for you to experience like to get through to transition but once you go into competing in a sport which you've already brought up right that women fought long and hard for right think about women's sports women didn't play sports uh outside of world war ii when the men weren't around to play sports and and they, get, they got to play baseball just until the, the men got home. And then once the men got home, no more, no more sports. Granted, that changed things. I think that started getting the ball rolling for women in sports. But Pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree in the sense that, yeah, why are we persecuting people for associating one way but not the other? You know, it's interesting too. So water polo is, was the mm -hmm. first team sport in the summer Olympics. So think about that. The very first team sport in the summer Olympics and only until 20 years ago, was there a female, was there women's water polo? Hmm. That's crazy. I mean, that's a long time to get it yeah. established. Yeah. And then what's going to happen? Yeah. And again, I, I think everyone should be able to compete. I don't want to take that competition away. We have to mm -hmm. think, I mean, that's where I'm very curious to hear what people think about it, but I would, mm -hmm. I would just imagine there'd be a transgender, uh, division, uh, division right? Right. 100%. I mean, right. we got females to get a division. So why not have that as a division? And, and we know now, right? Like looking back, as, as a man, looking back, I, I think, why the fuck did it take so long for us to get females their own division? Mm -hmm. And so hopefully now we can do this much quicker, right? We don't have to go through 
this process of oh, well, transgenders, I mean, do they really need their own sport, right? Like, no, let's just stop. Yes, they do. Let's get them into the sport, right? They deserve to compete. Mm -hmm. They deserve to play at whatever level they want to play with or, or play at. But it has to be, right? The whole point of competition is is creating a level of fairness. That's why people get in trouble for using performance-enhancing drugs. That's why women aren't on the NFL football field, mm -hmm. right? That's why, um, you know, it's... You know, men, you have a story. Can you share your story? You said you played uh, with men in water polo? Yeah, we used to scrimmage. So this is in high school predominantly. We would mm -hmm. scrimmage. We can, can, I, can I ask you, like, personal question? Like, how much did you weigh in high school? And, like, like what's your what, like what's your height? Just, like, if you had a... <laughs> I'm like, how much did I weigh? Well, I was 5'9", and I've okay. been 5'9". Um, okay. Gosh, I was pretty scrawny in high school but okay. well how about co college i was well i really don't know how much i weighed in high school probably 130 mm -hmm. but okay in college 160 okay um, and then the guys that you were playing with i mean they're over 60 six foot? over yep. six, water polo is like i mean right because you have to be able to get stand out of the water well no and then be able to, you don't stand yeah. you don't touch the ground oh you you don't touch the ground. Uh, okay, I don't know anything no. about water polo. So you have to tell me. You have to tread you're water. The, I know you're in the pool and you throw the water. You throw the ball. No, I guess the East Coast, I, they're, actually the first yeah. time I ever played water polo, uh, the East Coast has a lot of shallow deep pools, but that was something I never knew about growing up in yeah. California until I was like, what is this? Like, you can touch the bottom. But no, you typically That's don't fine. touch the bottom. Okay. Here's the thing. What we would scrimmage against the 14 and under boys team. Okay. So we're an 18 and under team, let's say range of ages or so 14 to 18, but usually the starter, you know, starters would probably be 16, 17, 18. And we're scrimmaging against the 14 and under boys team. And I used to coach them. So I'd get in and play and man, this, you know, like the center or two meter offense, which is like the shack, of water polo. So if you think about mm -hmm. basketball, Shaq is in the center. Like that's the same thing with water polo. It's like the biggest person on the team is going to be in yeah. there. And yeah. I mean, you, that's the level is like, we had to compete against boys four years younger than us. When we we did sometimes scrimmage yeah. against, you know, the, the, I don't even think we really scrimmage against the high, maybe sometimes the high school boys, but it was, and I'm not, this is not like tooting my horn, but I also came from the best water polo program in the nation. We won every single junior Olympics. We won our, our division CIF in high school three years in a row. They went on to win a fourth year after I graduated. So this is talking about the best women's water polo team in the nation and if we would not have like against our say high school team, like we'd still get tossed around, beat up, you know, um, one of a our 14 year old and under boys, they, I mean, that was an even playing. I would say that would be a closer to an even playing field. And mm -hmm. um, so I... that's also like boys develop later too. So you think about like a high school, I just develop, I, yeah. I just looked something up. Yeah. I'm excited for go ahead, go ahead. But I mean, and then, so then let's say like college, we never scrimmage against the men. 
they were massive. They were mm-hmm. six, six, like two over 200 pounds. It's, and that's when they start to develop because they're lifting weights. Yeah. We're lifting weights too, but they are, it's just a different, here's another example of how men are just physiologically different men's water polo in college was the fall season and we were spring. Mm -hmm. We trained all through winter break. The boys would be done with NCAAs, go home and drink and eat and not work out. And they'd come back like soft and overweight. And within like a week or two, they are ripped and chiseled. And that does not go the same way for a female. For most females, we're not going to drop all of that weight and like, a week or two. Yeah. So I, I looked something up just because I was curious, right? When when is average age of, of puberty for for both men and women? Mm-hmm. And for it's between eleven and twelve average, right? So eleven and twelve for, for both. So you're talking in your case, right? You're you are playing, but you had been, you know, you had hit puberty. You had gone through years of your hormones pumping through your body with to play against boys who had two years three years maybe of puberty maybe right their testosterone starting to really pump through their body um hormone levels spiking right to their their highest points um right so that just tells you uh, about about the science that goes into that right that and, and how, and like you said, men develop even later, right? Because it takes a while for, right, testosterone to kick in, start building muscle mass, that type of thing. Um, and you're playing these boys and you're still getting crushed by them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really fascinating in, in just the sense that, yeah, like, again, why are we having uh, transgender women play against women in sports? Yeah. You just you said something else, and I lost my my thought on it. Um, and I and this might like oh, lead us. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say women are are built to store more fat. Right? I'm not calling women fat. Women are built to store more fat. Right? It is their body type. Right? Women's bodies, their hips are wider. Right? You are built for one of your superpowers, mm-hmm. which is providing a home for another human being for nine, 10 months, right? You are built, right, to be able to give birth eventually. Um, whether you choose not to or choose or, or you want to, that's your choice and that is 100% up to you if you ever want to use that. Um, but that is a superpower. I, I will never have that opportunity. I can call myself a woman, I can transition into a woman all I want and that will never be one of my superpowers. And because of that, my body is going to develop differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to store the levels of fat that you store. Yeah. Because right, fat is what helps protect the baby. Fat is what is what you're putting on during pregnancy to maintain your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our pelvis is actually like splay out versus point like our hip mm-hmm. like your hip points of mm-hmm. women go out versus forward. So there's mm-hmm. just Again, things that are structurally different for a reason. And I also just want to acknowledge um, women who are not able to conceive and just really send a lot of love and sensitivity to that because I know that it's um, 
that is a, a very challenging experience and yeah. it doesn't mean you don't have the superpower. It just is looking different. So Absolutely. And I think that that's uh, probably a topic we can dive into mm-hmm. um, much deeper, maybe in a later episode. Yeah. But I, I agree. And, and being a man, again, I have no uh, way of ever relating to that. Right, like being first off having the ability to to you know give birth and get pregnant, um, but then not being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Right, like like thinking you're supposed to have that ability, mm-hmm. uh, or knowing you're supposed to have that ability, and then not having it. And I can never relate to that, and and that's where men need to step up and right, like acknowledge that, mm-hmm. but also be able to be empathetic in the sense that right, like you don't. Right. Well, I'll never understand what it's like to go through that for a woman, and you just have to be there for them in whatever supportive manner uh, that looks like. And that's again comes back to why I don't think we can deny certain physiological aspects because mm-hmm. we can't support women. Women in that situation, we can't support them if we're not acknowledging that. Yeah. So, it's. I think it's just. I said something earlier this week. Union is not uniformity. And I think mm-hmm. there's really like unify has been a very prevalent word. And we need to understand unifying is honoring differences and bringing people together despite differences, mm-hmm. not making everybody the same. Yeah, there's uh, talk of, of equality, and um, I'm about to catch it for what I'm about to say, but whatever. Um, and, I, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but right, like equality is, is it's, it's unobtainable, right? Like when you think about what equality is, um, right, equality doesn't exist in, in any species, period, right? So like two men next to each other aren't equal. Right. Equal means just that, right? Equal. That means, right? Like one is equal to one. When you look at it in a, in a math sense, um, it's much easier to explain, right? So one is equal to one. It's never equal to every other relevant of one. So like one and a half or 1.25, but those are, they're not equal. Mm-hmm. It's still one, but it's not equal. Um, so I think that's the easiest way to, to put it, right? So I think we need to address equity. Right. Equity is much more attainable, right? Where we we offer the same things for the people if they want them, right? And um, but if you don't want them, then we have to understand that what I want and how I live my life is is very different than you know a lot of a lot of men possibly, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But equality would mean every man is going to get this. Right, like every man is going to become a hunter. Period. Right, and I'm sure there are tons of men out there that want nothing to do with hunting. Right, but that's equal. Mm-hmm. Right, it's fair. Right, fair is life isn't fair, and it's not a bad thing. Right? We gotta we gotta stop trying to be fair, and we have to just like, is this what you want? Like, do you want this? Yes? Okay, how do we get you this? Um, 
as far as, right, so I need to go back and, and just like address, like we are all human and we are all equal in our humanity, right? So we all deserve a level of equality in just being human and not having that stripped from us, right? So slavery, right? Like one group of humans being slaves uh, is absolutely not equal. Um, you know, one group of humans being uh, cooked alive in stoves and gas, gas chambers, that is not equality, right, in humanity. Mm -hmm. um, and that's happened throughout um, millennia, right, through many cultures, right, Egyptian slaves, right, all the way back to, uh, yeah, all the way from, like, Egyptian slaves, the Jews, and um, African Americans being brought here on ships to the United States, like, um, right, I think that there is a basic level of equality, but it's you can't apply it to everything, if that makes sense. Well, and I think the underlying theme of a lot of uh, of these like horrific periods of mm -hmm. uh, whether it's slavery or or just the, the treat poor treatment of certain races. Mm -hmm was a move towards sameness, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't an acknowledgement of differences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and it's a, it was a, let's all be the same. And anyone who is not the same is inferior and they are not human. And so we need to be aware if we're, we're moving in that direction, if mm -hmm. we're moving in, the way of sameness, what's going to happen when someone's not the same? Are we going to repeat history? Yeah, that's a great point. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. A little uh, divergent, but I was going to, I think we had talked about, there was something you had said, and then I was like, oh, this is perfect to like go yeah. in towards superpowers. And yeah. uh, I guess one thing I, I can, I kind of merge off of what, because I mentioned briefly about, you know, thinking like, oh, I, I, I should be able to play with males. Like I lived in the mindset of one part of it was don't treat me differently because differently I'm a female. I want to be able to hang with the boys and I will prove that I can hang with the boys. Mm -hmm. And part of that was because there is this big push for, like, I feel like the feminism push was, right, pushing women into, yep. instead of honoring their superpowers, it was pushing them into yep. quote-unquote male roles. And then as a result, diminishing the previous roles or the again, those, some of those superpowers of a female. And so my uh, majority of my life being an athlete and then in the professional world, when I worked in operations was about, was a very, what I would say like masculine perspective. Mm -hmm. And because that's how success was defined by society. Yeah. And I didn't, think I wanted to have children. I didn't, 
I was like offended to be treated like a female, you know, these things, Mm -hmm. certain aspects of, uh, of the gender roles that I just totally disregarded for a very long time. And until I would say, gosh, not even that long ago, a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, I started to really embrace femininity in, in, in again, those biological aspects of femininity. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to be like, oh, maybe I do want a child. That is so fascinating. Like our bodies can do what? And, and I think it's very interesting that our fu- when we talk about change for the future, where does that come from? the youth. So a parent, whether it's a a father or a mother parent is one of the most significant roles. If you choose to play it, that we can play because we, Mm -hmm. that is where the change is going to happen. Yet we kind of just diminish the significance of that. We, We get to shape the future as the parent. And we, you know, obviously there's only so much you can do, but when I worked in, again, when I worked corporate, it was a female led company. Um, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, of course you can be a parent and, you know, be successful in business. They all had yeah. night, night nurses and nannies and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your choice, I want to, if I'm going to be a parent, I want to be a parent. I want to be the one molding the, the future and, and planting seeds as to my best of my ability. And I think it's a really significant role that's been just shoved under the rug as not quote unquote, a success, successful role to play. Yeah. I have stuff to say, but I first want to just say that I hope people listening and women listening can connect with you on that and can feel that because I think that there are tons of societal pressures that push women like we got to break the glass ceiling yes right there should never be there should never have been this glass ceiling right women are fully capable to run companies and be on boards and uh, you know do all of these things Uh, but it's again is that what you want Right? Or do you want to get pregnant and stay at home and not run a Fortune One company mm-hmm. and raise your children? Right? Is that that's cool too? Mm-hmm. Right? And we have to accept that because we can't right, we can't let this pendulum swing. That's the the big thing, right? The the pendulum is swinging right now, and we can't go to the opposite side and be like, well, every woman has to do this. Every woman has to be a career mom. And like you said, having nannies and never home and always on business trips. And, um, and I think right, men noticed that they should have stopped being that and are trying to come back to center. Mm-hmm. Right? So why should women be going past that? Right? Men are the ones that are always missing the child's baseball game. And right, on the business trip, they can't get to the choir recital right? because they're, right, and they're, they make all sorts of lifetime movies about this. And men have realized, no, I want to change my kid's diaper. Mm-hmm. And 
I want to be at the baseball game and I want to be a part of, of my child's life and, and they're coming to center, right? So I think that, you know, it's almost like a sign of warning for women, like, watch out, mm-hmm. be careful. You're, you're gonna you're gonna swing all the way right you went from here and you're gonna swing completely to the opposite side and, and how is it going to take for you to realize that you didn't want to be there either mm-hmm. and that there's there's happiness in the middle what the middle is I think that's for each person to determine themselves yeah I think it's it's leaving. Like I mentioned before, we can open new doors, but don't close the old doors. Mm-hmm. And we should be really aware of what we're glorifying and why we're glorifying it. Yeah. I also want to acknowledge that I, I know that it's really hard in certain cities to be a one-income family. And so yeah. um, also people who want to have a stay-at-home parent, whether that's a father or a mother, and can't, and they have to work. And... Um, just giving a shout out to everyone in that position. Yeah. A part of me specifically moving, like, again, making intentional decisions was, is, is that it's important for a parent to be involved. And so I'm not going to live in LA or Denver anymore. You know, I'm not going to live in a place where it is really hard to make ends meet without a dual income family. And, and just think about like, if that's something that's really important to you, like, weigh out all the options, see what is Mm -hmm. possible, especially now with so much moving remote. Don't, don't cancel out that possibility of moving to a one income family and maybe moving somewhere that you can afford it. Um, cause that is a reality. And it's a, I think it's so wild though. You have to be a dual income family, but then you have to put your kid in daycare and daycare is so insanely expensive. My friend, so I, yeah, so I can add numbers to this. My friend has one child in daycare right now, $18,000 a year. Yeah. That's nuts. He's having a second kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, next year, it's going to be $36,000. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the average salary is anymore. Um, right? I remember when it used to be in the 30s. Yeah. Right? That isn't an entire salary for two children to... For, some, for both parents to be able to go to work. So you're working to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of families make the decision to keep one parent at home. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can't afford daycare. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about feminism, and I, I want to circle back to that uh, and piss more people off. Why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> since we're here, uh, you know, I think I think that there's... There's this feminist movement. I think there's two feminist movements, right? I think there's a, a feminist movement that most people are a part of, and, and, and I think a lot of men are a part of, um, right? And that is, is I can't say allowing because that's a terrible word, it, like just being open to women doing whatever they want to do, right? Being open to women being CEOs and and not being a stay-at-home mother and, you know, doing, making their choice on their life. Um, but then there's this feminist movement where um, I think that the, the, the minority of people reside, but it's the louder group of people. 
and it's the I don't need a man to do this for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I open the door for my wife. My wife does not enter a door without it being open by me, right? If I'm if I'm there, right? Well, she's a she's a woman. She can absolutely open the door. I know she is physically capable of opening a door. Mm-hmm. Like literally, there are times it, like it, it's funny. Like we we've, we've been together fourteen years, uh, nine years of marriage, and uh, like she still thinks that she has to open the door for herself. And she'll go and she'll still reach for the door. And I, I swat her hand. Mm-hmm. And I swat her hand and I always open the door for her. And it's nothing of she is physically unable because she's a woman to open this door. It, it's the exact opposite. It is because she is a woman and she is, she is quote unquote, my woman, right? She is not, she, she should not have to open the door, mm-hmm. right? She deserves better than opening the door. Right? And therefore, I am going to make sure that nothing is in her way. Right? And, when, and, and that applies to doors. That applies to anything. Right? My goal in life is, yeah, to provide for my family. Right? And, and this goes into masculinity or, in some cases, toxic masculinity, which I hate. <laughs> I oh, my fucking God. Um, right? like, <laughs> I, I, am, I am the protector of my family. Mm-hmm. And right, it goes back to the the anatomical the hormonal uh, differences of men and women. Right? I am, well, I'm not a big guy. I am. I still stand six feet tall. My wife is five three. Mm-hmm. I'm still 175 pounds. My wife. I'm not going to tell her weight, but she is substantially less than that. Okay. You know, I I uh, follow this UFC couple on on Instagram. And uh, they're, they're such a cute couple. They're, so they're both fighters. They're both professional cage fighters, MMA fighters. And uh, they, they do all this crazy shit on Instagram. But then this one time, they, they did this thing, and their fans went nuts. Like, literally, like, they got pissed at them for doing this, which I don't understand why, but I thought it was a perfect example of what we're talking about. Uh, they were in their bathroom in their bathing suits, and the goal was the, the, the female was going to hold her husband who's a UFC fighter, professional MMA fighter, underwater in the bathtub and see if she could do it. And then he was going to do the same to her. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So I I shouldn't even have to say how this ends. But I'm going to, right? He literally stood up. Yeah. She had every ounce of her weight on him in this bathtub. And the guy literally stands up out of the water. Yeah. And he goes, he puts one hand on her, and she can't get up. Yeah. And if, that is a perfect example, right? So, yeah, there's, there's, he is the protector, right? Like, I am the protector. I'm not saying my wife cannot protect herself, mm-hmm. right? But there is a job in being the man, and, and in modern times even, right? Like, in being the man to protect my family, right? To protect my wife, mm-hmm. to protect my friends, Right. If you ask any of my friends, right, my my friends trying to sell her car right now, and I was like, hey, if your if your husband can't go, let me know. Mm-hmm. Right, like to meet to sell your car. Right, I will join you. Right, it is it is a man's job to ensure the protection of women. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a general statement. There's exceptions to the rule. There's probably women that could protect me better than I could protect myself, um, but those are exceptions to the rule. 
And it's not a matter of you can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's you don't deserve to, ha- you, you shouldn't have to do it. And I think what to, to clarify is uh, if you would to look at a same sex relationship, there's mm-hmm. tends to be from what I've studied or heard through podcasts, not that mm-hmm. everything on podcasts is true. <laughs> <laughs> However, is that there, and just, you know, again, from people I know is there tends to be a masculine and feminine role within a relationship. One maybe yeah. plays more of the masculine role and then another, you know, again, same sex, the feminine. And and they even say within opposite sex relationships that dynamic is different, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. amount of masculinity tends to, like, correlate within each person to the mm-hmm. femininity and masculinity and and I like what you said in terms of it's not that the woman or the female role can't do it Mm -hmm. but there is and we've evolved I get it we're in a different society than we were in tribal times however there is very significant right significant roles that were played based on (laughs) physiological aspects of, of each gender. And, and that's something that shows up even today, just the worries and stresses of females versus males Mm -hmm. are different. And, And ladies, if you've ever been in a relationship with a man, you know, we're pains in the asses, right? Like we have a way about us, right. To like, like, oh, he's, he's being an asshole, or like, oh, he's not showing his emotions. And it's it's not necessarily that, you know, yeah, I think some of us, I think more so, like, right, men are more open with their emotions. And I think that was more of a, we didn't have the tools um, back when our grandfathers and, and fathers were, were growing up, um, right? But men are going to have less of that outpour of emotion in general, um, where where women, right, that's, it's, it's much more prevalent to have that. And when I'm, you know, when my wife is telling me about her problems of the day, it took me years and God, I wish someone would have told me, someone probably did tell me, but I probably didn't listen to them. Right. But it took me years to realize that my wife doesn't want me to solve her problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Men are just going to try to solve problems. Right. And we had this conversation, we had our friends over for dinner one night and and he was trying to solve his wife's problems and well and like the men were like dude stop yeah like just stop like that, that's not what she wants and yeah it's a it's an overgeneralization but again like we have to realize that we're different um in the sense that the way we communicate and, and why we communicate and what we want and uh you told me about uh, this guy's podcast that you listen to, Jason Gaddis. Yeah, so about, I was going to bring that up with the brain. That what you're saying is actually women's and men's brains mm-hmm. are differently. Yeah. They release, wherever empathy is released, is released in a different manner for a different amount of time. So mm-hmm. it's... <laughs> out of your control <laughs> yeah yeah so, so the guy's name is jason gaddis or gaddis yeah and and he's 
can you explain that? I it's, started following him on Instagram. I love his posts. Yeah, he's. it's the Relationship School is his podcast, and and I believe it's just his name for his Instagram, and he brings his mm-hmm. wife on now, and it the, po- the one episode talks about he has a an ex or a, a doctor on and they talk about this exact idea of not idea facts science that mm-hmm. women's and men's brains are different they also do talk yeah. about how homosexual and heterosexual brains are different and transgender brains are different and mm-hmm. and but overall male and female are different. And so yeah. I don't know what I was going to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so there, there was something else I wanted to touch on. If you think of what you're mm-hmm. going to say, let me know. But uh, you brought up, or we've been talking about, right, like men being masculine, women being feminine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and while that's, that's true, there's also men are not feminine, mm-hmm. right? Men don't have feminine energy, right? We do. Right? It's just usually the, the masculinity right, typically is, is at a higher level and then women are, are the opposite. So, so I, I have a really funny example. My, well, a few funny examples. First off, my, uh, my, my family and my friends and even my wife uh, used, to, used to tell me I was gay because of like, how feminine I could be and how metrosexual I could be. Mm. And, right, and, it's, and it's like, right, like I, I care about my looks. I care about my appearance. I, I wear you know, suits. I, 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 I iron my clothes. I, I know how to sew. I am, right, like I like the notebook, right? Like I am in touch with the feminine side mm-hmm. of, my, of, of my masculinity, right? Like, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem, like who knows? And uh, there's this game, if you've ever played, it's called Battle of the Sexes. It's a board game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole point of the board game is like, you're, you're at a party with a bunch of people, Women are on one side, men are on the other. The men have to answer questions that women should, would typically know the answers to. Uh, women have to answer questions that men would typically know the answers to. Yeah. And everyone used to hated playing with me because they knew that I, because I was on the men's team, I would win because I, I'm able to answer so many of the women's questions. My best friend growing up was a woman. Yeah. Uh, 30, 35 years of friendship. Mm-hmm. No, more than that. Holy shit. I'm 38 now. So uh, 30, 36 years, 37 and a half years of friendship um, with, with a woman, right? Like growing up playing, uh, what's the, the mall phone? There was all these games, all these girl games. Like I was playing with all these girl games with my best friend growing up. Um yeah, I'm dating myself now with all, all these games. But I told everyone when I went to high school. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I I had the upbringing of like yeah, like we're like I'm a man, you're a woman. Like cool, we can get along. We can I can learn about you. You can learn about me, and we're still gonna have our differences. Mm-hmm. And and the goal isn't to be like each other. And you know, my friend got roped in. I couldn't tell you how many times she's got hit in the face with a ball or, you know, just doing the, the boy, the typical boy sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's life, mm-hmm. you know, that's what makes us different. And I think we do need to embrace those differences. And I think uh, two things that came up from that 
One is also coming back to, again, that idea of, of women. It's not that women can't do it for themselves, mm-hmm. but in the book tribes by Sebastian younger, he talks about when like the, the whites, the colonizers would get, uh, kidnapped or taken during battles by the indigenous tribes that the females typically didn't want to go back to civilization, to white civilization. They Mm -hmm. wanted to stay in the tribes because the males and females had their roles, but they were honored for those roles. And so even though the female didn't go out to kill bison or they didn't go out to, to war, they were respected and honored for their role Mm -hmm. within the tribe. And I think that is something that would be really important to bring into our modern society is again, instead of saying, Hey woman, you go put pants on and be a CEO. No, why don't we, why don't we just honor these superpowers, these strengths that we have naturally in us, this nurturing tendency. Again, there are one out of 10 who maybe don't have that nurturing tendency or don't have the desire to be a mother of some sort. And that can be a dog mom. Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? (laughs) And I think that is what, if we can start just honoring these really unique aspects that are related to, and not even just genders, just individuals as people, like we're Mm going to do ourselves more of a service and now I can't remember part two. So that's good. I was <laughs> fully in it there. <laughs> but that, that just kind of like is this idea again of where people can be whatever they are, right? Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and, and just because you can doesn't mean that you should too. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, Chris Rock has a... a sketch where he says um, you know being a single mother yeah you can do it mm. and, and this is Chris Rock's words and not getting it verbatim but he's like yeah you can you can be a single mother doesn't mean it's a good idea right and and I think you know that right jokes are funny because there's a level of uh, truth to them right and I think that yeah you can absolutely be a single mother and I know many of them and I know great single mothers who have done amazing things with their children but to have a male figure in that child's life growing up and and demonstrating what masculinity looks like um you know from a a male perspective being the protector being a provider in a sense right the mother can absolutely be be a provider i'm not saying that they can't but knowing that you know what setting the example of what a a man, a quote unquote man is supposed to, supposed to do, um, right? We have these hormones in us for a reason, right? They, these testosterone levels are born into us for a reason. And, um, right. Even looking at a transgender, uh, so I guess it would be a transgender man. So a woman who was born in the wrong body once uh, is, is now a man, right? They start taking testosterone. And, and you don't take testosterone just to say, oh, because I'm taking testosterone, now I'm a man. 
right? Yeah, there's things that come with testosterone, mm -hmm. right? There's, you know, there's, there's hair, right? You, you, I have a beard, you don't, Brie. Hey. You should, yeah. uh, most women are thankful enough. for that. <laughs> uh, most women are thankful for that, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, huge muscle structure or huge muscle, muscle growth ability. Um, you know, comes with testosterone, mm -hmm. uh, right? When you when you think about muscles and strength, str one strength is never a weakness, right? And I feel like we've we've turned it like into like oh this masculine guy, like yeah, great, let him be strong. Sh being strong, there's nothing ever wrong with being strong, right? Physically, um, and and even mentally, right? Showing that strength and and it's okay to still be weak at times, right? It's okay to cry. It's okay to, um, you know, break down and, and, you know, I'm not even going to get into mental health. Our listeners should know about how we feel about mental health from prior episodes, right? Um, but I don't even know where I'm going at this point anymore. Um, but yeah, my, my, my point is, is just that, you know, to have the testosterone through your, your veins in your blood, um, is, is requesting a very specific thing. Mm -hmm. So to say I'm, right, like I'm a, I'm, I'm a born, I'm a biological woman and I was born in the wrong body and I'm supposed to be a man. Okay, well tell me what that's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Right, because there's, right, if, if, that's, if that is true, which it is, tell me what, what is a man, mm -hmm. right? Well, there's things that a man is supposed to be that they don't have, that that's why that they're missing that. That's why they have mental health issues until they transition, right? So there's an acknowledgement that there's differences. Right, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If right? there were no differences, you wouldn't want to be, it wouldn't matter. It, right, exactly, 100%. <laughs> right, there's the answer to it all is it wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm just, I have this body and my body is the same as that body. And no. The, the woman who wants to transition to a man wants to be a man because of strength and testosterone and aggression and right and and no one is saying aggression is good but there is good aggression right like there are things that is important in being aggressive being an ice hockey player and being frail right like you are going to get your ass beat right and so there are it, it is important to acknowledge the differences as, as you have said i remembered all right go go, okay. go, go, go. and then i thought of something else too <laughs> you, you need a notebook to write this I down i know i just <laughs> but then i'm not listening i want to listen yeah, yeah, fully yeah. and that means forgetting forget, sometimes yeah. <laughs> you had talked about uh different within each person different like ma embracing masculinity and femininity. Like a male mm -hmm. doesn't just have masculinity. There's levels of femininity. And there mm -hmm. is a very actually like important part of marrying those within yourself that um, I know in shamanic astrology, they talk about it, but just in general, I've, I've heard this in different, even like relationship kind of based ideas of, of really being able to embrace both of those within yourself, whatever, percentages or at times one's more prevalent than the other. And with that, we, okay. Oh no, no. I'm trying to make this <laughs> not sound all over the place. 
But with that, I think that's where male role models for males are important. And so when you talk about the father, yes, you can, you can, there's nothing wrong with being a single mother or a single father as a young boy without a father, he has no role model. He has no one showing him those ways of masculinity or even how to embrace aspects of femininity with masculinity. And I do think a lot of fathers, male fathers do tend to maybe go heavier on the masculinity, but, but that's because then there's this balance of the feminine or whoever's playing the role of the mother within that relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, it's why they even say that it's important, like even with mentors, children and mentors, someone who's like the same gender and race will typically have a better impact on that mentee because there's similarities. And it's not to say that uh, you can't have a variation of that, but there's research that's been done. I mean, that's something that's been a big conversation. And so you, and even though your parents aren't necessarily your mentors, it's important to have a mentor outside of your parent because yeah. they, those play very different roles. However, uh, there is a significance of having the male figure in being able to kind of pave the way. Right. And like, how do you manage that aggression? And the, the father gets to, for a son who doesn't know how to manage his aggression, right? Like mm -hmm. this is this new thing coming inside of me. I'm like, I have all this testosterone going, I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. The, the female just can't understand. Like I will never understand what it is to, to have yeah. that experience within myself. And mm -hmm. I can, I can only say from my, my perspective. Right. Yeah. And so that's just kind of, that idea so, of like different levels of masculine femininity and like balancing that out and within yourself and finding the marriage within yourself. So you're not seeking it outside. I want to piggyback off of that, but I want you to remember your second point that you wanted to make. Unless you made it. I went into it with okay. the male role model. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So <laughs> yeah, on that, on that point with, with role models and, and, and your parents, look at this movement that we're seeing now of, of television movies, um, uh, superheroes of of superheroes that look like me mm. and I look like me right we have Black Panther right because why right like oh now I can relate now these children mm. now that now these black children can relate to a superhero oh he looks like me mm -hmm. right um, you know females right uh, why is it so great to have a, uh, a um, I, I'm sorry I should know this. Uh, our vice president's Kamala uh, um, Harris makeup. Uh, uh, so she's what Indian and African American or Jamaican, whatever, mm -hmm. right? So her her skin is darker, right? Why is it great to have one a female in the office of vice president? Uh, why is it good to have a, a female with different skin color in the office of vice president, right? In of different ethnicities, because now those little girls can connect and say, oh, it makes sense, mm. right? And it's the same, exactly what you're saying, right? For, for men, if I'm looking, if I'm this kid looking up and, and I have this male role model to look up to that looks like me, that acts like me and helps me 
handle that aggression. I remember that aggression as a, as a kid, like, like 11, 12, 13 years old and not understanding like why I was angry and, um, and just not being able to control it. Um, so having that role model, I think you're, you're 100% right. Um, and I think that we're seeing that in so many different ways um, and we can't ignore that for men, for women. Mm-hmm. In general. And I'm going to belabor my point. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Because the saying future is female, right? That's a big Mm -hmm. statement, right? Let's honor all, all possibilities for female. So I feel a lot of the future is female is this, again, idea of, I think it's great. We have a a female vice president. So if that's someone's path, they can believe they can, they can go into that. But let's not say the future is female as long as you're playing the roles of a male. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. future is female because you can be like an incredible mother and embrace that femininity of the nurturing that's within us. You don't have to change who you are. You can be that nurturing person in those roles as well. You can be that nurturing person as the CEO of a company. Absolutely. So that's again, I'm going to really <laughs> drive it in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Only because I feel like now the voice for that is gone. So yeah. I, I'm all about, I think it's, the voices get really loud for certain areas and, and then not for others. And so, again, I'm not saying don't go be a successful businesswoman if that's what you want, but I want to be the voice for the, for the, the female roles that like have been just disregarded, diminished, or just not honored. They don't want to be the female businesswoman and mother. They just want to be the mother. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand that. And I hope our listeners understand that too, that we're not saying there's a right way that it has to be this or it has to be that, that we just have to honor what people want and we can't just say equality for all here everyone gets the same thing Mm -hmm. equality is not good you don't want the same thing as everyone else i said it before and i'll I'll belabor this point what i want in my life as i grow older is very different what i wanted when i was 20 years old Mm -hmm. it's a totally different topic but it, it it's relatable right like i no longer want the things that i wanted and the things that I thought what a man was supposed to be. And I think that's, I would actually love to hear, you know, the, I think with, with males, you kind of brought up this idea of emotions, right? And Mm -hmm. it's okay to cry. And, and so just, understanding a little more maybe of your own if you've had a journey with with your own masculinity being shut out on certain things and then if you now feel like you can connect more or differently than you did on emotional or vulnerable levels and how that looks in like the male population. Cause I know there's a lot of men's groups coming up or mm-hmm. the past few years, there's been tons of men's groups and I've noticed just even my male friends and 
it's not robbing, like it's not robbing them of their masculine, like that mm-hmm. masculine aspect, but they're able to connect on, I'd say just a deeper level. So it's not like yeah. ladies of just, very emotive necessarily. However, they're connecting on a deeper, deeper levels with other males and how powerful that has been. And so I'm fascinating with like the role of the father, but then maybe that's where the role of mentor comes in mm. to allow the space for vulnerability. Yeah. I can tell you about my journey in, and yeah. So I can tell you about my journey. I don't know that I can speak about for all men and I can tell you like how I am now um, and, and where I was. So I absolutely, um, so, so first off, my, my parents, my, my father who's dead now, uh, my mother, she's 69, uh, they, they did a phenomenal job of, of teaching me the right things in life and how to be. Um, and I feel like I got the right balance of, of masculinity and femininity. Um, my, I think my mother demonstrated masculine traits, um, uh, as well as feminine traits. And I think my father did the same. Um, my father was an auto mechanic, so I learned how to work on cars. Right? I'm able to get my hands greasy and I know how to turn a wrench, right? That, that Neanderthal mentality, right? The man just, oh, ugh, right? But um, my, my mother taught me how to sew. I, I still sew to this day. I, I use, we have a sewing machine in our house. I use the sewing machine. I, I can sew a button, right? Most people have no clue to sew a button onto, you know, an article of clothing. I, I can sew a button. Like I am fully capable of using a thread and a needle um, and, and a sewing machine and, and right, using my feminine side to, uh, to do things, to survive. Like that's the other thing, like I never, was like, oh yeah, I know how to sew. That makes me a girl. Mm-hmm. No, I know how to sew. That makes me a functional human being. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm just, like fixing things. Like I love to know right. how to. I want to be able to do as much on my car as possible, because I <laughs> to survive. One hundred percent. So I'll, I'll. So I'm gonna go on a few tangents here, but keep me in line, Brie, and keep me back to your question because I really think I have something to share there. Uh, my my neighbors right next door. Um, two kids, two uh, teenage young adult kids, probably their 20s, college age, um, single mother, uh, boy and a girl. So daughter and, and the, the son is older, daughter is a little younger, and they're, they're probably like freshman in college, sophomore in college age type age. And uh, I come home one day, and the two of them are outside looking at their car with this flat tire. They have the jack up, and they're they're trying to change this tire, um, and they're just spinning the lug wrench. Right, the the wheel's already off the ground, mm-hmm. and so they spin the lug wrench, and the wheel spins, and so they can't figure out for the life of them how to change this tire. And I I, I, I chuckle inside. I'm like, oh, this is funny. Like I should just sit here and just watch this hilarity ensue, uh, but that's not me. So I, I get out and, I, and I'm like, okay. I was like, I I've one question. I was like, are you late to work? He's like, yes. I was like, do you need to get to work right now? And he's like, no, they know what's going on. I was like, great. I was like, you get to change the tire instead of me. And I was like, and you get to watch and help. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to his sister. And I was like, because after today, I was like, neither of you are going to be in a situation where you're not going to be able to change a tire for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I walked them through. I was like, 
you know, walking through the process. I'm not going to go through the process. I'm changing color on, on this podcast. And, and it took a little bit longer than me just changing the tire myself, right? If the kid was late for work and he had to get to work, I was just going to do it myself mm-hmm. and just get the guy to work. Um, but it being what it was, I walked them through it and like, they both thanked me. I saw the mother later in the week. The mother was like, thank you so much for showing both my kids how to change a tire. And she goes into this long dissertation. This is the longest conversation I've had with this lady about how she, there's no father figure in the house and she feels bad. Like her kids not be able to learn that. And by no means was I trying to strip that from her or right. And like she knew that. Right. But no means was that like negative. Like they didn't know how to change a tire, which boy or girl, female, male, adult, right, whatever you are, you should know how to change your tire. You should be a fully functioning human being and you should be able to change your tire. Just like you should be able to sew a button on a pair of pants or on a jacket. And that's all my my parents taught me to do. Um, And I think that we need to make sure that our next generation continues to, to learn how to be all of those things, right? I don't need my wife for me to survive. How many men would die because they don't know how to cook? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I'm the cook in the house. Literally, I do 90% of the cooking in this house. Yeah. Like the kitchen is my area. Right? That's a woman's role, right? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. I really, one of a, a good friend of mine, this couple, they're early 50s, and mm-hmm. the husband's like, she doesn't do my laundry because she's not my maid, you know? And so like, that's the thing to think about. Like, again, we're talking about like certain roles of the females, but it's not like, these are just basic. It's not one or the other, right? It's, it's a deeper femininity and masculinity aspect than just like these, almost the idea of the male and female in the fifties. We're talking deeper here. So back to you. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, my father cried mm-hmm. and he showed me that it was okay to cry. But he also showed me it was okay to be tough. And when it was okay not to, like you, you were not allowed to cry. Mm-hmm. And there's times for that, right? There's times that you have to step up and you have to be the man and you cannot cry in that moment. Mm-hmm. You get to cry later. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, you have to fulfill your duty and obligation as a man. And you have to do whatever that task is. And more recently in my life, again, right, unfortunately, I started being cryptic. I just, I, it involves personal things in mine and my wife's life that we're not sharing yeah. yet. And, um, but more so in my life right now, I've had more of those moments mm. where I couldn't, and like right now I'm getting choked up and I hope I don't cry in the air, but like more so, I'm not in a position where I'm supposed to cry. Like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to not cry in that moment and and handle what's right. And then I get to cry later and make sure that my wife's taken care of. Sorry. No apologies needed. So my, my point is, is that I got both the masculine and the feminine. It is that I was taught that, yes, you're allowed to cry. And there's, there's times when you're allowed to do that. Um, and then there's times when you're not. And, and you have to honor those and you have to understand why. Uh, because you're the protector. Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure that you are protecting. 
and 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 while you're crying, you can't protect, right? Um, so uh, I lost my train of thought. There's there's so much more I wanna I wanna touch on. So uh, being masculine and in size. So I'm gonna if you have questions, I feel free to ask. But um, like my size, I've always been small. Uh, I've posted on social media. Um, right, like when I was when I was in high school, uh, I was I was six foot still. And I was 100. And so before I joined the military, I was 109 pounds. Um, and to get into the military, I actually had to lie about uh, my weight. And, I, and then I had to like, because then they like test you. Yeah. Uh, and I had to like finagle things to make it, to get in. And I was like eating. My, my uh, recruiter had to give me a bunch of MREs. Um, and he like tried to fatten me up. But I've always been just smaller. Um, again, knowledge, I think this goes back to the food episode, right? Knowledge and, and growing up low class, I didn't have the things and the tools that I have now also to uh, uh, help me grow into more of the size that I am, um, that I'm more happy with. But I can tell you being a smaller guy isn't masculine and it fucking sucks, right? Because you're not, you're always trying to get acknowledged as a guy, mm-hmm. right? Like, especially when you're around these other big guys. And more so what I've learned is it's more of my problem, not theirs. Um, right? It's this, it's these problems that we make up. Um, like, oh, they don't think... Right? I, I didn't have self-confidence because I was smaller and because I'm hanging out and hanging around, uh, you know, these other bigger guys. And, oh, like, I wish I had muscles. And, and it was never... Um, Right? Like I never understood. I didn't have the tools and the knowledge and the discipline to, to get muscles. And, um, and I, I, I'm okay saying that now. Mm-hmm. So would you say um, that the masculinity was not necessarily your being a small guy, but then your mentality or attitude around being a small guy? Yeah. 100%. It's almost like that little guy syndrome, right? Like I still am six, right? Like, and, and then I, and then people say things to me and I still live that small guy mentality too. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like now I'm not huge by any means, but I am, you can tell I work out. Like you can tell I, I do things and I eat right now. Um, but I still feel small. Mm-hmm. And when I look in the mirror, I still look small. And, and people will say things to me and it doesn't correlate. The, 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 the connection isn't made. Um, even when I was small, like I've, I, I, I supposedly have big hands and like I would shake people's hands all the time and you're like, wow, your hands are massive. And that means nothing other than like, yeah, like I'm actually, like my hands are the normal size for how tall I am and how big yeah. I am. And to me, that's like, oh, I'm not this, this tiny little puny little thing. And it just didn't connect or um, I was on a business trip. And again, right, for opening doors for, for my wife, it's not just for my wife, it's women. Mm-hmm. I open my door, I open doors for women. If I'm around a woman, I'm going to open the door for you. Again, not because you can't, because you deserve better. And I was on a work trip and I opened, I was opening doors and just being polite and being gentlemen, right? Like we should bring back being a gentleman and not like associate it with like, taking away your feminist rights. Um, gentle man. Yeah, gentle man, right. And uh, this, my coworker, she's, she says to me, she's like, oh, you're so, you're so masculine. I, I need you around more. 
Because, like, I, and I'm like, and to me, that did not click. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, that, it, it just never, it's not a, I don't have those receptors. Yeah. Right? To, to, and I've, one of my things that I've been working on for myself is, like, learning how to take a compliment. And so she said it, and while I'm saying in my mind, no, you're not, I was like, thank you. And I said, thank you. And, and then I had to stew on it for, like, months, <laughs> and clearly still thinking about it. Um, but... Yeah, like to to think that right. If women think men don't have insecurities, clearly here I am telling you them I don't care. Um, my vulnerability, absolutely. Like I think if you come to my yoga classes, if you follow me on social media, um, you know I'm very vulnerable. Like I don't care at this point in my life, like what I share because that is who I am, and I think I I think it's my job. Um, to set an example for what a modern man should be. Mm. And um, is it right? I don't know. I'm going to go with what I think is right. And what I think a modern man should be is, and if you're getting pretty much a gist of that through this episode, is right, a protector, um, you know, uh, someone who's roles, right, like doing the dishes, right, These, these... male-female roles, like you said, these high-level, surface-level roles, right? None of those matter. You should be a functional human being as a man, mm-hmm. right? You should also be able to cry. You should also be able to protect. You should also be able to act funny and goofy and, and oh, I can't do that because I'm a man. And you should also be able to fail and fall flat on your face. And, and you should be able to, and I'll go into the next point of how I also try to demonstrate that my friendship is is tell your friends, both men and women, that you love them and and, and hug them and, and touch them. Like I grew up in a, my, my father hugged me a lot. Um, and I think that was a demonstration, right, of, of what a man should be. And, and my friends get hugs, right? And um, if you're a, a man, you might not be used to that. My, my friend, uh, I'm mentioning my friend from India again. He loved that I mentioned him. He, he, wrote email. he loved that I mentioned him in, on the last podcast. My friend from India um, grew up, his parents were in arranged marriage. His parents tried to arrange him, right? He is, he's our age, and they tried to arrange him into a marriage. And um, I asked him one time, I was like, do you have your parents, he's like, do you recall your parents telling you that they love you? And he was like, no. And it, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just, it just is what it was. Mm-hmm. And he knew that they loved him, yeah. but it's just not something that he was used to. And, and so for me to tell him that I love him is very, very different. And for me to hug my, my, for me to hug him and for me to hug my friends that just aren't probably used to being hugged by other guys. Like, you know, cause that's the manly thing to do is the bro hug. No, like I'm giving you full hug. Like, you're getting a hug. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to squeeze you. I'm going to show you that I actually care about you and I love you, especially if you're my friend. Well, all the bro hugs, like the the pat on the yeah. center of the mm-hmm. chest. Yep. Bros, you are clearing out that person's heart chakra when you're doing that. So it's not as bro as you think. <laughs> doing a little, you're moving some energy when you tap the center of the back. You're clearing out that heart chakra. I know. I know. You thought it was browy, but underneath. Yeah, see, <laughs> more you're, you're intuitive doing than you, you don't even know than you knew. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know. There's probably something to it, right? But and maybe more so. Maybe it's the energy that you're giving and receiving in that type of hug. Mm-hmm. 
right? Like you, like you can't fully commit. Like oh my god, right? Like no, like, like I fucking love you. Like why wouldn't I give you a hug? Mm-hmm. Like you are a part of my life. You impact my life in positive manners, and that's why I keep you around. That's why I invite you over for dinner. That's why I hang out with you. That's right. Like why are we so afraid of of telling people we love them? And why are we so afraid of, of showing affection? And and what the fuck does that have to do with being a man? Mm-hmm. And so for, for me, like, you know, it was never, you know, growing up and, and, and then seeing that, but then I was like, no, this is what a man's supposed to be. And I'm going to be the example and I'm going to be awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, and you ask any of my friends, like I'm fucking awkward. Cause like, I'm just going to say what I'm thinking and I'm right, whether it's right or wrong. And, um, and I'm going to hug you and I'm going to tell you I love you. And I'm going to do all those things that socially are probably, or I don't even want to say not acceptable, just not used to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anything else on the journey? Of, so now, like my masculinity, I, I don't know that my masculinity is ever in question. And I, I never feel like someone can take that from me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hunting and killing an animal, I, I don't, it didn't make me more of a man to kill an animal, right? If you look at that from hunting, um, I think, again, it goes back to functionality, right? Like, if, if, if the world were to, um, you know, end today and you were all by yourself, are you going to be able to kill an animal? Yeah, okay, but now you have men in your life and you shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. We're going to go do it for you, right? You should get to, right? Like, I don't want blood on your hands. And there are tons of women who hunt and, we want to get more women into hunting, mm-hmm. right? Because you should be able to do it. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to do it. Just because I want to awesome. do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah and, and, and again, I want you to do it, but I don't want you to do it. Yeah. Right? Like it's like that, it's like that constant battle. I want you to do it because I want you to be able to do it, but I don't want you to do it because you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think that I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay sharing that. And, I hope that I can set an example of who I'm, who men are supposed to be, and and uh, if I'm ever blessed with children, um, I hope that I can set an example for the future generation. And I oh, this is another thing. Sorry, let me go into that. So uh, my nieces uh, specifically, right? I I want my nieces to know what a man should do for you. And I want to be the example. And when they look, when they're dating, when they start meeting guys and they know how I treat them, they go, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You're not good enough because you're not opening my doors. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You're not bringing me flowers. Right? Like, yeah, you can go get your own flowers, but you don't, you shouldn't have to. And I'm going to bring you flowers whether you want them or not. Ask, I, bring my, I bring my friends flowers. My friends who are married... I bring them flowers, mm-hmm. right? Because you're awesome. You're women. You're amazing. You're incredible. And you deserve it. Mm-hmm. And you deserve to know how you should be treated. And you should be treated by gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that my niece, my nieces and, and all other women expect nothing but the best for themselves because you are worthy of the best. Mm-hmm. You are never not worthy of... You're never deserving of someone to, to beat you 
right? To um, to mentally abuse you, um, right? You are you are deserving to get the best treatment ever by every man, and and if that does not happen, you should be able to say this is unacceptable, and and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's important. Is just I think male role models and and mm-hmm. coming back to just a lot that has come to light a lot more conversations around and again this happens to both males and females but a lot more conversations and in the media and the public and just accepting a lot more of the uh, like sexual abuse type of Mm -hmm. or just abuse um doesn't have to be sexual coming to light is again where i see our children the children are right? Where, where are we guiding them? Mm-hmm. Um, what are they seeing as examples? You can say all you want, but how you show up is going to be more impactful than what you say. And absolutely. And I think there's, there's a, a lot of work on both ends, but also we've also progressed and we have to acknowledge mm-hmm. uh, where where we have evolved and that we still have evolving to do. So. 100%. And that we're, and that we're never going to get it right. Mm-hmm. We have to understand and acknowledge and be okay with that, that it's never going to be right. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause what's, you know, you said on the last episode, our, our job is to fix the problems that the last generation caused for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause in, in doing the right things, right. There's, it's, um, it's science, right? Like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So if you do something, something else happens in turn from doing that thing. And we, we, we take risks in, in our lives in hopes that the, the good outweighs the bad. Mm-hmm. But we have to be ready to admit and acknowledge that, okay, that was bad. The bad definitely always the good. And maybe we shouldn't go back to where we were, but maybe there's maybe there was something in the middle that we missed there. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to just be ready to, brought this up on the last episode, listen. Not just hear, but actually listen to what, what each other are saying. And we're so quick to have our own thoughts about things and be ready to just give you, like you said, you don't want to take notes because you want to, you want to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. But I also don't want you forgetting your thoughts. <laughs> if I forget it, wasn't but that I, important. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that we are, are work in progress. And I think that's part of being that role model. Is is admitting that you're work in progress and admitting that mistakes. I'm not perfect. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. I mean, this what I think when we go into past selves episode is more. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go down that that direction because I know we have that planned at some point. Yeah. But it's just taking right. It's taking things with you. Like this was about this past self. This worked. This was not. This didn't serve me. I'm not taking this on. Um, and same thing with. Yeah when we think about gender roles and, you know, I, I, 
I had a mentality of like being super dude, like I went male mentality as a, or what I would call a masculine mentality as a protection mechanism Mm -hmm. for stuff that happened to me in my past. And, and that falls in line with also career wise, but it was, it was very, it was very trapping for me until I was then able to like embrace like my femininity and say like, I don't want to, like that protect was like my protection mechanism for that time, but it doesn't serve me anymore. And Mm -hmm. that's also not masculinity, whatever idea I had around it and what I was trying to live through was, is not masculinity. Yeah. And yeah. So that's huge. Acknowledging, right. Like, like I'm not supposed to cry period. Mm -hmm. End of sentence. That's not masculinity. Right, to your point, right? Like we have these ideas of what masculinity and femininity is supposed to be. And I think we have to absolutely do what you said. At some point, look back at our past selves and realize that that's not it. Or we have to help show our, our children mm-hmm. what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's a, is there anything? I, I, I'm looking at my like notes. A... I, I have other things that I wanted to touch on, but it doesn't make sense to bring them up at this point. And I feel like we've it'd be just be beating a dead horse. And um, I feel like we are at a great point to yeah. journal prompts. If you think so. Yeah. And let, yeah, so, unless there's anything on those notes, you really just want to lay no, it out there. But I feel. No, it, it was all just, it, again, it would just be going back to like hammer home the point. And yeah. I feel like I, I made my point without having. Um, without saying those things. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even talk prompt. about superpowers that much. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't talk about them because we did talk yeah. about them. Like, like everything that we talked about is the superpower, right? Like it's, it, it's a superpower to demonstrate your masculinity, whether you're a man or woman. And it's a superpower to demonstrate your femininity and, and understanding the situations to use those things. And that's the superpower. And the marriage of is, the two is the magic, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that is something we can't deny. Like there is so much yeah. magic that comes from the marriage of the masculine and the feminine. Right. And that applies to yourself. Mm-hmm. It applies to your, your physical marriage, whether it be same sex marriage, whether it be civil partnerships, civil union, whatever, like you're not married, you're just together forever. That applies to your friendships, mm-hmm. right? Like as friends, you balance each other out, right? Like each of you bring different things to the table and it's important to know when to bring those things to the table. Um, and, and those are superpowers. And yeah, there's physical superpowers like getting pregnant and carrying a baby. And yes, some people can't do that. And, and, and for the men, there's some people that can't get a woman pregnant. Right. And, and that's something else, too. Right. That's a superpower that, that you've been robbed of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, there, there's probably a million other things out there that are superpowers. But I think that in not talking about our superpowers, we, we did. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've mentioned it all and how we're all unique and, and we have to recognize. And this goes into another topic that we're going to talk about on the episode is finding your why. I think that's also relation in, in relation to your superpower um you know finding your why how do you find your why how do you live your why um so yeah that's my final thoughts awesome 
Journal prompt. So journal prompt. Uh, Ooh, I want to say one thing actually. Yeah, this on, is important because I think the, the the I actually didn't know, learn about this term for a while. Mansplaining. Oh yeah. And I want to. This is for the men. Okay. I don't. I, I've been mansplained. Okay, plenty of times. Mm-hmm. I've also been experiencing a lot of men that are doing it in a very appropriate way. And, and this is what I'm going to give I'm not saying don't give people feedback. Don't do that. Right. Or women feedback. Cause usually that's the dynamic of the, the mansplain. But someone recently climbing was like, do you want to ask was like, do you want some feedback on mm-hmm. that last pitch of climbing? And I was like, yeah, thanks. I will love some. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you can still mansplain or give feedback, ask for permission first. And it'll go over so much smoother. So if you ever get a girl who like flips out on you because you mansplained, just ask for permission. (laughs) And yeah, absolutely. I think permission and I think intent is important too. Mm -hmm. Um, Like how you, how you come at it, if you're coming at it from a, well, I know everything because I'm a man Mm -hmm. and you're a woman and you don't know. So I'm going to tell you, Mm -hmm. I think that, is uh, I think that shows. Yeah. So. And it goes for anything, right? Like how yeah. often do we give unsolicited advice to our friends? Right. Okay. <laughs> right. So, or, or gentlemen, our wives, like, when your wives are talking to you about a problem, they don't want an answer. Yeah. I can't say this enough. Ask for Stop permission. Giving them, <laughs> Stop giving them solutions. And, and I'll give you, I'll give you the key phrase. I'll give you the key phrase. How are you looking for me to support you? There you go. Because at, at that point, I put it back in my wife's court. I'm being supportive. Mm-hmm. I just want you to listen. And females right. trying to get through to a male, not that I'm an expert yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. S- s- how can I support you? Yeah. Same thing, right? Huge, huge. Yep. How can it's, I support it you? could be like, it's a great question. Leave, me the, leave me alone. <laughs> let yeah, me like, for sure. Let me go work out, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, have that conversation. Ask for permission. Yeah. Ask how you can support. Absolutely. Yeah. Communication is critical in everything. Yeah. So with that, communicate with yourself by pulling out your journal. We talked about a lot. We talked a lot about uh, about a lot of heavy topics, mm-hmm. and we talked about things that might have triggered you, mm-hmm. and um, you might not agree with us on. And that's okay. Um, I still love you, and um, whether I know you or not, I, I do. Um, if we can hate without regard, then you can also love without regard. Um, but know that your, your opinion is right too. Mm-hmm. And as is mine and as is Bree's and it all comes from our experiences in life. And, um, so I think it's important that we listen. So just grab your journal and write maybe your thoughts about why we're wrong. Or maybe your thoughts about how you're going to open up and, maybe understand a different perspective, or maybe you want to ask us questions and you're going to reach out to us on social media or on our email address and you want to write those questions down. Um, do all those things, write about your feelings, write about the time men that you wanted to cry that you didn't and that you should have, um, write about how you're going to be more masculine, write about how you're going to be more feminine. Um, write about the balance of the two, marrying the two, write about the 
what are your thoughts on masculinity? Like, is it at that surface level? Is it these tasks? Is it women do the dishes and vacuum and clean the house and do the laundry and men go work? Um, there's a lot of cultures that I, I think believe that and that's your truth. So just write about that. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out. I hope you enjoyed the episode and yeah. look forward to talking with you again. Yeah, thank you for being different, everybody. Thanks for your superpowers. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to follow us and our adventures, you can find both of us on Instagram. I'm at Brie Allison. That's B-R-E-A-L-L-I-S-O-N. And I am at the life of Alan Titone, underscores between each word. To check out our offerings, yoga, one-on-one trainings, workshops, retreats, and a recorded library, you can find the info on our website, thehunterandthehippie.com. If you have questions for the podcast, about the podcast, feedback, suggestions, or just want to say hi, or find ways to work with us, our email is thehunterandthehippiepodcast at gmail.com. And don't worry, all of this will be in our show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you weren't tuned out. <laughs> to the Hunter and the Hippie Podcast.